I'm Erin Kleinberg. I am CEO and founder of Cydia, CEO of Metier Creative, and co-founder of Covetour. And what I love so much about beauty is that it's your own destiny. It's really, for me, all about comfort and feeling like yourself and doing what feels good to you and only you. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, welcome to Beauty Is Your Business, and I'm your host, David Parada. Today's guest is Erin Kleinberg. If you don't know her name or who she is, you should. So, hi, Erin. Welcome to our episode. I'm so excited to chat with you this morning and have our little coffee talk. Well, my Diet Coke talk today, but I'm really excited to hear your journey and how you got into the beauty industry. But before all of that, start from the beginning so our listeners can hear how fabulous you are. Thank you, David. I'm so, so honored to be here. You are truly one of my favorite people in the industry. So having a chat with you is just like Sunday morning. Yeah, I, I've had a really long entrepreneurial career and journey. And I guess it really did start in college, actually. I started to run this fashion show that was raising money for the Cancer Society. And I started running little meetings and making the costumes. And I had my navy Blackberry back from like the Lindsay Lohan days that I would like run the world from. And while my friends were studying at the library, I was like running this little empire. And I feel like that just served me so much better than like studying. And so, yeah, that experience taught me so much at such a young age. And then I actually interned at W Magazine when I was like 20. I moved to New York from Toronto and W just taught me everything that I needed to know about this industry and about fashion. And it was kind of like living in the real life Devil Wars Prada, but for like more lovely characters, I guess. And Instead of just working in the closet, I just kind of asked if I could work directly for the fashion director. And I got to go on all the shoots. And my first day in New York City, I was out buying George Clooney underwear for the set. And Renee Zellweger, I was on set with her. And I was like at the cover shoot for Kira Knightley. And it was so crazy cool. And so I got like exposed to this industry at a very young age. And then I actually... What did I do next, David? After I interned, I started a clothing line. So I really wanted to work in your fabulous country, but I couldn't get a work visa. And so my boss, Alex, at the time from W, she introduced me to Chanel and I, I interviewed so many times. And then all of a sudden they were like, wait, you're Canadian? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh God, no, we can't get you a visa. Like go home. And so I was so sad. I came home and I there wasn't too many magazine jobs in the city. And so I just kind of started my own thing. And I always was so inspired by fashion and beauty for my grandmother and my great grandmother. They were so elegant, as my mother-in-law would say. And I started to make clothes, but I didn't really know how to make clothes or sew or cut patterns or whatever. So I just figured it out and was living with my parents at the time and was going on Google, figuring out like, how do you make this? And how do you market this? And how do you do all these things? And I made this really cute collection of like tops and um, t-shirts and dresses with hand-sewn embellishments. It was really different at the time. This was like the heyday of Gossip Girl and the Kardashians were wearing the clothes. And like, it was, it was really... I don't know. It was really cool. Like the indie designer was really popular. It was like 2008 pre-Instagram dating myself here. But 
I ended up getting the clothing into Barney's and sold this little collection of Barney's. And I remember everyone thought I was crazy. And I was like, no, I could do this. And the girls from Smythe, another Canadian brand, they hooked me up with an introduction to them. And they bought the collection. And I remember being on the highway driving when they purchased it. And I like almost drove off the highway. Like I had to pull over. I was like, oh my God, Barney's New York is giving me a $30,000 order. Like it was nuts. I was 21. Like it was so amazing. And I worked on that clothing line for the next four years. And, you know, I ended up in 80 stores worldwide, Neiman's, Nordstrom, Link Crawford, Harvey Nichols, like you name it. Of course, all the while living at home in Toronto in my parents' house, going to bed at night, knowing that I was one of the indie designers at Barney's. You know, this was such a privilege. And yeah, I learned so much. But then I guess when I turned, I was like 25, this was 2010. I'd been doing the line. And then I ended up going out one night to see The Social Network with a friend of mine, you know, that movie about Facebook. And I was like, the next morning, her and I were sitting together at brunch and we were like, oh my gosh, like, let's start a website. This sounds way more fun than like schmuttas and dealing with production and all of this crap. So we decided to start a website. We were like, okay, well, we love street style and what's going on in the shows, but anyone can take that shot. So let's take you inside the homes of these like fabulous people and show you like what the options were that they had to get ready. That would be so more, so much more exclusive. So weird idea at the time, but we called upon all these people we knew from our network and we were like, hey, can we like come rummage through your closet? And like, it was very odd at first. I remember Eugene Tong was one of our first subjects and Joanna Hillman we featured at the beginning. And so we started to figure out like what it could look like if we started this publication, which would go into people's homes and show you the inside of their lives and how their style juxtaposed with their bathroom and their vanity, their environment and all of that. And so the Covetour was born. It was meant to be covet and voyeur because it was really the beginning of Instagram when people wanted to see into the lives of not just the rich and famous, but the people behind the scenes. Like who was the stylist that put that look together? Who who was the chef that made that? All of that. And so for four years, I went through people's closets and through their homes and traveled the world, David. And I probably featured like 500 of the world's most interesting individuals just like globally as much as we could. These three kids from Canada just like hit pounding the pavement, you know? I was always excited to see who you were going to, whose closet you were going to be in. It was always so much fun for me because I'm so nosy and wanting to know everything about, like that was more exciting to me than seeing their whole apartment. So, oh my God, totally. And what we loved so much about that experience was like getting to hear the stories behind where people got these items. Was it an heirloom? Did they buy it on their honeymoon? Like what it meant to them and like being with them in that intimate moment just taught me so much about like how people live and how they create ambiance and hugga and comfort at home. And like something my grandmother always said was like, how do you make your house a home? And I think that's what we learned through the Covetour. And I loved when people would have us stay at night. They'd be like, oh, the shoot's over. Why don't you just stay, hang out, have a smoke a joint, have some John and Vinny's and let's just get to know each other. I think that's like why I'm in this industry is just like for connection and to meet new people and hear what makes creative people tick. Like that was really the impetus of the Covetour. So aside from all of the wonderful opportunities and learning about people and being voyeurs, we got to work with some killer brands and Chanel was one of the first brands that we worked with and they were with the first advertiser and we started to think, oh, if we could shoot these people's closets, why don't we shoot the brand's closets and sort of like tell their story and go to Coco Chanel's apartment and shoot her closet, you know, like that sort of thing. And so we started to work with brands and then we realized that we were starting an editorial 
publication that would go on to still now be one of the real indie publications of our time with some great recognition. Such great recognition. For me, it was always, there was only two sites I had to go on to like see everything I wanted to see. And it was, one of them was yours. And so. What was the other one, David? It was Into the Gloss. But like, <laughs> and you know, she used to come into my showroom when I first opened it. That's how she started picking stuff. It was so interesting. Emily and I worked together at W. So she used to style all my lookbooks. Yeah, and then she built Into the Claws and I built Cavatura. And actually, Nick Axelrod was also at WWD at the time. So there was something, I think, in the water <laughs> that was inspiring all of us. Oh, my God. And so then once you moved on from Cavatura, what was the next kind of business that you created? Because you can't stop. You're like a machine. I'm very lucky to have so much ambition, like deep inside my soul and our latest candles inspired by that, David. But so what happened was I kind of realized I didn't want to be like so front facing anymore. And I wanted to be behind the scenes. I'm a very behind the scenes person. I'm not a big influenza, as I call them. I'm just like BTS. And I thought, okay, you know what? A friend of mine who worked with me at the Covertura, her and I were like, let's start an agency where we can help these brands behind the scenes with their own story instead of through the editorial lens. And so we launched Metier Creative, and that is a creative agency that's been around now for eight years. And we really wanted to help be that connect between talent and content and branding and DNA and launches and just doing everything we could to help bring things to life and have real vision behind these new launches. And so our first client was Jen Akin from Way Hair Care because we had shot her from the Cove. Everything happened for me because I had all these relationships. So yeah, so we helped Jen build that. And then from there, like one of our first clients was Dior and J Brand. And we kind of went all the old Cavatour advertisers and we're like, hey, starting something new, would you trust us? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And so really building brands from total, total scratch, like Way with Jen or Mega Bay with Katie, Storino, all the way to working with the Chanel Beauties, the Aura Bays, the La Mers, the Botters, all of that. And so just have spent so much time like with brilliant executives and brilliant founders and really learning how the beauty business functions. And it's interesting because I was very fashion before. I think the reason why I've succeeded with my agency and now my brand city is because beauty is like still new to me in a way. Like I'm not jaded by it and I'm still discovering and learning and I think especially with fragrance, it is newer to me. And so I feel really lucky that I kind of had that transition from fashion to beauty. I love that transition. I think for me, it seems like obvious because it's like when I think of the brands I like working with, I think of them as fashion brands as well. I can envision when I think of my customer, like where they're going to shop, the city of customer, I know what she wears or what he wears or what they wear. I can see it. And then that's when I know where to place it in my head. So it's like, it's always fun to see that. Yeah. You want to be like with the customer at every single touch point, or at least that's how I enjoy brands engaging with me. And, you know, let's talk about Cynthia. Like, so when did that all start? Because it's what I think it's the sexiest brand I've encountered in many years. And I've launched over 150 brands in my career, but I literally like when I saw it, I was just like, oh, this is so refreshing and yet so sexy and mysterious. Thank you. Well, that's definitely what we're going for. Like, I think the story begins when the pandemic hit. COVID shut us down the exact same week that my grandmother, Cydia, passed away from her battle with stomach cancer. She was all too young, 79 years old. She was a Holocaust survivor, immigrated to this country and just built this beautiful, beautiful family. And I was really grappling with my loss and my grief. And I just 
honestly, David, I didn't know anything else to do but like build and create. And we were all locked up and I was like, the only thing to do was to really like make beauty from horror, you know? So, and I, I mean, I always knew I wanted to like take all this expertise and turn it into a brand of my own again, because that's where my roots started with the line Aaron Kleinberg. And so this was my opportunity to kind of take everything compounded on top of one another and build into this energy of Sidia. And so of course her name was Sidia and she was the ultimate matriarch. She taught me everything. She had taught me how to be a mom, how to be a wife. Like she taught me how to do it all and have a career as well. And I think that she really, really took so much good care of herself and always said like, honey, why don't you care for yourself as hard as you care for all the world around you? And that really resonated with me. And she was very all about self-care before it was a multi-billion dollar industry. And at the time I thought it was annoying, but you know, now in retrospect, I'm like writing down every single moment that she had. And I think Everyone has a similar story to me, a similar memory of their grandmother kind of sitting with them at the kitchen table, having a tea and being like, you got to use eye cream. You have to start moisturizing. You need to think about these things, you know? And I think all those tips and tricks, they come through in all of the Vogue beauty videos. They come through in all of the interviews. And I think we wanted to celebrate that wonderful sort of like cherished heirloom moment of something passed down, whether that is a tip, a secret, a piece of, you know, some wisdom. And that's what Cydia is. And to me, fragrance is everything, especially coming out of a pandemic. We're also like nostalgic and we're using scents to express ourselves and we're exploring. And so Cydia really doesn't try to transport you to somewhere else with fragrance. We try to keep you grounded where you are. Our slogan is come home to yourself. It's all about like taking a minute, even just a minute to go and do our hand care system or light our candle and really enjoy the beautiful like packaging and have something that just feels luxe and feels like a piece of jewelry in a way, you know? And to your point, I think clean beauty is so beigey beige all the time. And I commend that because that's how this industry began. But I think that we needed to be moodier and sexier and like be a vibe and celebrate life a little bit, you know? So Rawless, Wired, obviously we've got our cheeky names and like Soaked is, it's so funny because my most conservative friend came up with the name. It's meant to be like a Hinoki drenched outdoor shower experience, but there's a double entendre that could be a little naughtier if you, if your mind goes there. Your mind does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It's all about fine fragrance meets effective, efficacious body care and how those two intersect. You know, since this is such a business episode, I always love asking. So when you did create it, this is all self-funded, right? Your brand, Cydia? Self-funded. We've done some angel investment, but nothing crazy. It's all friends and family. Like, it's definitely not VC back, David. I have all sorts of thoughts about that. I do too. We, we could talk about that off recording. <laughs> but I always like, I've seen so many of my brands, once they get the VC backing, it's either a wonderful thing, or it's either one or the other. I've never seen something like smooth. I'm lucky that I have, I still have the agency functioning fully and it's actually, we're having our best year yet. And so I'm like, oh, when I stepped away a little bit, we started doing better. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> My team is effing awesome. I don't know if I can swear. No, I still have the agency. So that allows me to really take Cydia as a slow, steady growth. And that's really rare, but I think that's, where we're going. I think the whole DTC blow it up everywhere. Like that's lame. It's old. And it actually doesn't work. I think the slow and steady, all the brands that have actually ever been acquired that have come through my showroom and through my agency, they've all had a slow and steady build. 
And the reason why they were able to get there is because it was the first few years was like this amazing dress rehearsal of like really getting the brand into the right hands and into the right customers. And then once you get to like year, it's usually around year five where things start flipping. For the brands that I've worked with, they've always been successful early on because they're getting into these stores that everyone wants to be in. But then eventually by year five, it's just really this crescendo that then it's like, can't stop. I know. I agree. I think there's like a little bit of traction in year two and then year five is when it really happens. Yeah. And it's funny because that's when it gets really exciting for me. The first six months I was with like Rodan, I thought she was going to fire me because Linda was like, why are and I was like, oh my God, I put it into everyone's hands. Why am I not getting these POs? And then it just became this avalanche. And then like press gets layered in and all sorts. Yeah. The things happen. Yeah. And then they see that we're with the brand, that it's going to be a thing. So then they really want it. And so I actually love the whole concept of grandma and matriarchs because it's like it resonates to so many people going back to like your grandma's name. Where does that name come from? Well, she's from Poland. I don't think she was named after anyone. I think that was her name. But I know that she was very embarrassed by her name because in Toronto, it's not very popular, but it's such a pretty name. And I've just always said that like my goal is to like put her name in lights in Paris and Milan and everywhere because she was embarrassed by it. And like it's my, I don't know, I feel this like duty to like make her proud. And she loved fashion. It was her being. She came from like nothing. And so to wear an outfit and honey, look at my pants and my shoe. This is her, this was her aura. Like this was her, her energy. I love this. We're going to have to have a whole like album day. Like I want to see every picture you have of her. <laughs> I know. Well, I got all these film reels developed. It was just fascinating seeing the love that her and my grandfather had. It's just so moving. Did they meet in Toronto or did they meet in Poland? He met in Toronto. My grandmother was 13 and she got married to him like a couple years later. Her parents couldn't speak English. So he went to her like parent teacher interviews and they got married when she was 17. She had my mom when she was 18. Oh my goodness. And did she have, how many other kids does she have? Like I'm, I'm asking all these questions. My mom has two siblings and I'm just so happy she got to meet her grandkids, her great grandkids, you know, like she met Parker and Ford, my kids and just like keep her soul every day. She's with you every day because you definitely are the grandchild that took on her energy and like her magic. I can just feel that. And she's like sprinkling all of us through this whole process. And I think she's like beyond proud of everything you've done. So it's like now you're doing this, something else. And she's probably smiling right now. Totally. And she was so superstitious. And I can just, I know she can feel it. And whenever I see like a double rainbow or the lights flicker, I'm just like, hey. She spent so much time in Palm Springs. I know, David, we share such a love for that place. And it's also a really special kind of spiritual place for us as well. And so much of the brand is inspired by that. A lot of our scent notes and our some of our products, we have like cactus flower extract and prickly pear because we just are inspired by the desert and it shows up a lot. I love that because the sensibility feels from anywhere. But I do feel it. I took your products the first time when I went to Palm Springs and I was just like, it felt so like part of the desert. That city has energy right there. I can feel it. I can feel it and see it. And so when you did start the brand, what was your first SKU that you launched? So we actually started with clothing because that was a world that I knew. I knew I didn't want to be in apparel. There was no more schmatas, but I just knew that supply chain. And I wanted to take the time to really learn how to make body care products and candles and fragrance because it's so specific. And especially if you're in the clean world, you need to understand all the nuances. So we thought, let's build community with apparel and then really go for it. So our first candles 
for Braless and Wired, and that was in January of 2022. So started with candles and, you know, I loved all the fancy French candles that I saw in the Covetour homes, but they kind of gave me a headache with 100% paraffin and the big, huge throw. And so I wanted to create a more soy-based, vegetable-based candle that still had a significant throw and looked the part and didn't sacrifice any of the luxuries. And so, yeah, we started with candles. And I thought it was really funny because everyone was like, not everyone, but some people were like, oh, you're going to make candles? There's so many candles. There's so many candle brands. And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to do it better. And we're going to be sitting next to Byredo and Diptyque and Sierra Trudon. Now we're doing that. And so now people are like, okay, I get this. You know, I think it's about like really having vision and like believing and manifesting the fact that you can carry it out. I think it takes a certain ambition to get that done. And so really, really proud of the candles that we launched. And then we went into hand care because nobody takes care of their hands. And brands always look at hand care as a later extension and they go to face and body first. And we thought, no. It's so funny because for us through the years, any body brand or skincare brand, as soon as they have hand, that is usually our top skew. Usually like when we distributed Grown Alchemist and we brought it into the US, which is like now when I'm on Delta, I'm like, God damn, it's everywhere. <laughs> but still like I was laughing because like 60% of our business were all those hand creams. We had a lot of different ones like pumps and like gives, but that whole category was 60% of our business. Yeah, it's the gateway in a way, right? And like you said, it can show up in a fashion setting, in a lifestyle setting, it can show up in a gym. Like, you know, there's so many opportunities and like everybody has to wash and moisturize their hands. Everybody, everyone has hands. You know? And the thing about your hand serum is I actually always have it in my bag because I give it to people that I'm in meetings with, even if I'm like, just put some on. And they're like, wow. Serum for you, serum for you. It's so funny because we had our, our meeting with Neiman last week. I was like putting it on her. And I was like, I know, look at that. It's not even sticky, girl. You know, you're my favorite Avon lady, David Parada. I am. I'm like old school like that. I carry it in my bags. Even when I'm out at a party, I was at Shara's daughter's bat mitzvah and I was handing it to everybody because everyone's like touching their hands. I'm like, I'm not even talking about it. I just want them to see it. I love that so much about you. I, th I think that's like a lost art. I think like calling, cold calling and going for and asking for what you want. Like these are things that like I find some of the youth don't want to do, but you got to do it. You've got to do it. Like every time people are like, I was like, how many emails did you send? They're like three. I was like, how many phone calls? And they're like two. I was like, well, that's where it's wrong. You always start with a phone call first. Then you can do an email after. And then you do another phone call and then another email. It's a 50-50 for me and my team, even though like the younger generation just wants like 90% emails. You can't really connect via email, sometimes the wording, I'm not that great of a writer. So it's like, for me, it's like, it doesn't come off that great. It's just very direct. So you can hear the personality on the phone, you know, and that's how you can captivate them. It's all about connection. That's what it is. It is. What I love about you is you were talking about, you were building community, which is so important to build anything, especially a brand. It's like, you have to have that community that believes and follows and just preaches about the brand. And it organically grows from there because it's like myself carrying that hand serum everywhere I go, someone else is going to start doing it. And then it just like becomes a fact. 100%. And then they see it here and then they see it there. And that's this slow, but like super mega powerful growth that you can have if you have patience. So it was candles and then it was hand serum, hand care system, which let's talk about your amazing hand wash. Now everybody wants to come out with one that has an exfoliator too with it. And I'm like, oh no, 
Oh yeah, everyone's like, oh, this is an idea. I'm like, it's already <laughs> done. But you know what, David? That's actually what I really love about what I do too is my grandmother taught me to listen to your intuition. And we had this vision for this hand exfoliant, not from data, not from research, just from like what we wanted ourselves. And I feel like that guides you so well. But yeah, like this hand exfoliant is so, it just smells delightful. It's super luxe. It feels like a sensorial experience at your sink. And it's not rough. It's very gentle because some of the ones on the market that existed before, they were just way too harsh. And so this is, this was our vision when building is let's make something that's for sensitive skin. And you can use it multiple times a week, multiple times a day, even I know you and I do that. And so the results are instantaneous. The Rambutan works to smooth fine lines and get prepped and ready for the intake of the serum. And they just work together for truly instant results. It's incredible. We've only won eight awards, David. It's so crazy because I was asking, I actually always ask my team, what is their favorite product in each brand? And it's so funny because like your body exfoliator is also like everyone's obsessed with because you can use it every day. And I do use it every day on special parts of my body, of course. (laughs) 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 Gotta keep it soft. (laughs) Gotta keep it soft, David. Yes. It's a gentle rice exfoliant, but the scent, like I just love the idea that you can have this really sensorial moment like in your shower. I feel like we're always trying to like pimp out people's bathrooms, you know, like we want, if you're going to like use these products, they might as well be like end to end, super nourishing, gentle, hydrating, all of those things, but also like be an experience, you know, and look the part. So it's always this multi-threat thing, triple threat type thing with us. And then, of course, our body serum spray moisturizer is a huge hit because people are fundamentally lazy. I'm on my second bottle. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's what I use every day. Like I have other body oils and also tons of beautiful body butters. And I usually do those on the weekends when I have time to dry and stuff. But during Monday through Friday, when it's a school night or, or I have to get up and go, After working out, I shower and I can be dressed in 15 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. So easy. And it just like, it it goes into my skin so quickly. I know. We don't like greasy products over here, David. We do not. It needs to melt in. I have stopped wearing as much fragrance because it smells so good on me. Amazing. Well, there is fine fragrance in there, David. It's our wired scent and it has tea leaf, eucalyptus, matcha, tonka bean, tobacco, violet, rose petals, like it's the ultimate awakening moment. And I think we're always thinking about intentional notes that also do things for you in terms of refreshing or easing headaches or sort of allowing focus. And so the scent is dope. It's really good. I can't lie. So for our listeners, what can they expect coming out from Cydia and from Erin? What are you working on next? Or can you share? Yeah, from the brand, like we really are continuing to develop our core fragrance families. And so now we have five. We have Brawless, Wired, Soaked, Pyro, and Nirvana. The last two are brand new. And so we're really going to be taking those fine fragrances and continuing to build out our body care program. You're not going to see tons of SKUs. We're going to continue with sort of the body exfoliant and the body serum. And then we're going to be launching later next year a more everyday sort of wash and cream. You heard it here first. And then, yeah, keep developing from there so we can just have these kind of scent families moving along. And 
all of this is sort of leading up to us building up our confidence to find fragrance. I think that so many companies start with fine fragrance and then go to the extensions of body and candle, but we wanted to just do it a little bit differently and kind of like get our communities buy-in on the scents, make sure they love them, make sure that they're like fanatically obsessed with our products before we serve them up like a $200 fine fragrance from us. I want them to really trust us first and, you know, get the packaging right and get everything. It's like, this is all a dress rehearsal for that moment in a way. And so that's kind of where we're at. I think retail is really important to us and being in brick and mortar. We, of course, adore all of our retail partners and wholesale and are going to continue on that path. But I want, my dream is to have this beautiful little, you know, shop in Soho where you pull up and it's like an everything shower inside and there's a beautiful vanity and you take a moment to wash your hands and sniff all the amazing confections that we have. So it's really just about continuing to build it out. From the moment we started talking before you, created the brand. And then just over the last year, I just was like, you know what? It is a full on lifestyle. Your brand is a lifestyle. Sidia, your grandmother was a lifestyle. She knew how to live and she knew how to preach her lifestyle. And so I love that you're going to just put it out there because I have to tell you, I don't put a lot of products in my bathroom because I love certain things. And I do have a very weird quirky bathroom and it's all black and it's vintagey looking and it's like people walking they're like why you have a gallery wall in your bathroom i was like yeah i'm a little weird and there's like a tiger faux tiger rug by the way sorry to interrupt you but nobody wants like what i have anymore this like beigey white beachy house they want that but you have this like eclectic no i love that too i love i had that when i first moved to la i had that and then i was like i'm a new yorker and i want my new york sensibility back in my home and then during COVID, I just went from all my grays and my beiges and my whites to like, you know, just color because I just- Your soul. Yeah. I went back to like what I loved, which is texture. And so, and it's not so much maximalism, but it's all, I'm very much a sentimentalist when I do my home. It's like everything has a story. And you have taste, David. Not everybody has it. You know, you're lucky. I cannot wait for all the next extensions and we've been getting such great traction from all the retailers and there's only going to be more greatness coming out of Cydia. So I, you know, kudos to you and I love working with you. Thank you. Oh, we're so honored, David. And you are the godfather of building the indie brand straight to acquisition. I love being Marlon Brando of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> you are. We're so lucky and yeah, I think it's all just about like continual learning and trying new things and like never being stagnant because that's so boring. So boring. I always tell everybody I am getting older, but the one thing I'm never going to stop doing is being curious and I'm always going to stay relevant. I want to just know what's happening all the time. And that's why I enjoy, I love brand founders like you because like I get more inspired when you text me or if we call me because I, I love someone that's on it. And those are always the most successful brands, to be honest. It's like the ones that are really behind it all. I love it. They're like really living their truth, right? Yeah, living their truth. And also my team loves that too. Erin, for our listeners, can you please tell us how to find you on social media? Of course. On Instagram, we are at Cydia the Brand. And on TikTok, we're also at Cydia the Brand. And our website is CidiaTheBrand.com. And I am at Aaron Kleinberg on Instagram. I cannot wait to talk to you more about other things offline for sure. But like, thank you again for being on our episode today. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear it. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Beauty is Your Business. I also have my own podcast, Living in a Material World, so make sure to check that out. You can also check us out on Instagram, which is David Parada or David Parada Brands or Materie, M-A-T-E-R-I-A-E. Thanks again. This has been Beauty is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.